Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Uh, well, my mom died when I was 10 years old. Uh, and I, I remember her funeral. I had deja vu last week with my brother Charlie's funeral, uh, with mom's funeral. I remember sitting in Mark right about somewhere between me and you a long time ago. I remember a conversation with my father not long before she died. And I remember him saying that he would do anything he could, including trading places. I remember that pretty vividly. If the house was still standing, I can show you where we were. And that was a very memorable glimpse for me in the world of unconditional love. But I've had several glimpses. My dad remarried a widow. Mary Alice was straight from heaven, as far as I was concerned. Um, I sought unconditional love from her when she moved from small town Mississippi to Atlanta. When she moved from never having any children to having an 11, a 14, a 17, a 20, and a 23-year-old. So, that was a good glimpse. This coming Wednesday is our 31st wedding anniversary. 31 years. And as we begin today, I thank God for the mother of my children, Taylor and Ellen. And for all of our marriage, I've had another love. And it's been either the First Baptist Church of Aberdeen, Mississippi, or Fentress Baptist Church, or First Baptist Church of Henryville, Indiana, or Ackerman Baptist Church, or Hopewell Baptist Church, or now the First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs. And Jeannie has come in second on many occasions. She's had to cancel vacations and trips because of emergencies, or I've had to leave her somewhere and get back. She's had to share me with others on a regular basis. She's had to fix a lot of meals that I couldn't stay for. Even Christmas and Thanksgiving weren't immune. Birthday and special items were often cut short by other responsibilities. I had lunch with a pastor the other day, and uh, his problem was something I do not relate to. Uh, his wife didn't want to be in the ministry. And it was causing a really big difficulty. I'm very blessed. I appreciate uh, the mother of my children. For 31 years, I've never heard her complain about my involvement in church. She's been right there with me. Behind the scenes in almost all that I do, and I've been most fortunate. And Tyler and Alvin have been truly blessed. I've been married way longer than I was single. I don't know how that happened so quickly. Uh, I told Jeannie I wanted to grow old together with her. I just didn't know what happened so fast. Time flies and life is short. And along the way, hopefully, we get to see examples of unconditional love. And we'll talk about that today. Before we go for our let's pray. Father, we thank you for the examples that we have had for the good. That we have seen glimpses of you, our Heavenly Father, in people on this earth. I was fortunate to have good experiences with godly mother and a godly stepmother, and I'm thankful for that, a godly wife. Others have had wonderful experiences too. Maybe it wasn't through a mom, but an aunt, or a neighbor, or a teacher. Maybe we don't have children, but it could be a niece, or a nephew, or a neighbor. We pray that we would model unconditional love 
the way you did for us. Thank you for showing us that in family, in Christian mothers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It is horrible theology, but it just popped in my head a old proverb that said God could not be everywhere at once, and so he invented mothers. Well, obviously God can be everywhere at once, but that proverb is trying to stress the importance of moms. Let's look at a scripture that reminds me of unconditional love that I've witnessed. It is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing of the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. I love how that begins. If there is any encouragement in Christ. And of course, there is. What is really said here, the section of Scripture and how it begins, and we can read this into that, is, well, that the world tears you down, but that Christ builds you up. That's the truth. The world can tear us down, and Christ can build us up, and there is encouragement in Christ. And one of the statements that is said in that section, I love those two words when they're put together, in Christ. In Christ. It reminded me of a scripture that maybe my mom helped me, maybe my dad, but in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things that they passed away, behold, all things have become new. So if we're going to do great things, if we're going to love unconditionally. We have to be in Christ. For to be honest with you, if I'm out of Christ, I don't love unconditionally. If I forget my connection to my Heavenly Father, I can get real real quick if I'm not careful. And that's why I have to be in Christ. And when we become in Christ, it is so wonderful to see the transformation, the old passing away, everything else becoming new. I had a meeting this week uh, with a man, and we kind of we went to high school together. He graduated a year or two before me, and we ran in different circles. I did not remember him, but he had an interesting last name that for all, and you can tell sometimes by last name, it was a Jewish last name. Have you noticed that before? Sometimes there's a last name, and well, it makes you think. So he kept talking about Christ and Jesus. And I'm saying, well, by the way, this was interesting because your last name led me to believe. He said, oh, I was. I was Jewish through high school, and we didn't practice. And all of a sudden, and through difficulty in my life, a friend took me to church with him, and now he's a Christian. That's a pretty big deal. You don't hear about that happening an awful lot. Um, some strange things can happen in families when one leaves that faith and becomes in Christ. But what has happened is a, a wonderful transformation in Danny and in many of his family. It's neat to see what happens when we are in Christ. Being in Christ means that everything we do is consistent with God.
next to Philippians 2, 1, there's a section that, that I love to see. It says, not only uh, the first part, uh, if there's any encouragement in Christ, it says, if there's any consolation from love. A modern translation puts it this way, any comfort from his love. Of course, there it is. The picture here is a, of a God that is very, very close to us, loving us in spite of ourselves. Because sometimes we can be unlovable. And loving us unconditionally. And when we realize that, when we make that connection of what Christ has done for us, then we begin to model that love. We emulate it. We begin to put other people first. We begin to run away from old habits that are not good for our health. We begin to bless those who curse us or pray for our enemies or go the extra mile. And that is proof that Christ is in us. About that kind of love that, that we develop, look at 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for well, God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world, and all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us. We have put our trust in His love. So God is love, and all who live in love and live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we are in Christ, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced it's perfect love. We love each other when we first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, the person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God and we cannot see. And he's given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. We must know that unconditional love is it's commanded. It's an act of obedience. It's a decision, not a feeling. And to be who God wants us to be, we have to be people of love. Later on in Philippians chapter 2, it says, if there's any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, Scripture here reminds us of our partnership with the Holy Spirit. Affection and compassion, or compassion and sympathy, remind us of our blessings and our responsibilities as those in Christ. Let's move to verse 2. Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Verse 2 is a natural byproduct of being in Christ. Unity is foreign to this world, but to Christians it's a gift from God. In my family, 
just as a husband for almost 31 years. When I remained in Christ, all is well. But when I begin to seek my own way and forget what God wants me to be like as a husband, well, we're in trouble. Look at verses 3 and 4 from Philippians 2. I think about others with this and the examples that I have. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regards others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. That's what happened in my life. And these verses would change the world if people would live this way. I think of my mother's and my wife as I read these words. In a second grade science class, they were studying electricity and all sorts of things that second graders would study. And they just, they made a magnet. Remember wrapping a nail with a wire and hooking it up and making magnets? I remember doing that down the street at Amman Elementary School. <coughs> they did that while they were studying electricity. And they had a test the next day. And the bonus question on the test was this. Name a six-letter word that begins with M and picks things up. The answer, of course, was magic. Over half the class got it wrong, but maybe they got it right when they used another M word that had six letters. Mother. Doesn't that answer the question? They have six-letter words that begins with M and picks things up. Absolutely it does. <laughs> Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. That's what they do. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. The mother. Another class was studying math. And the teacher said that there was a tie. And there was a mom and a dad and five children. They were studying fractions. So mom, dad, five children, you're about to cut the pie up. How many pieces would you get? One boy said a sixth. And when the teacher corrected him to say, no, honey, that's seven, the boy said, my mom would say she didn't want any so we could all enjoy more. Did you have one like that? I did. I remember she never took the last of anything but one of us might want it. And while some people might make, make a big deal about that, that's putting others first. That's not selfish or conceited. But it's being humble and being humble, treating others as better than yourselves. That's looking not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. That's what happened for me. I've seen lots of examples of unconditional love. I've seen a family that would not give up when their child was camped out on Fool's Hill and living a life that was just wrong. Time after time, day after day, and the family wouldn't give up. That's unconditional love. I saw 
parents drive 250 miles, their daughter ran away. And when their daughter ran away, they knew that she was at a hotel in a big city, and they drove 250 miles away to that big city. They drove from hotel to hotel to hotel until they found the daughter's funeral so they could take her home. That's unconditional love. I don't have a lot of memories of my mother. I've got a few. Some of you knew her better than I did. But I remember a cigar box. Remember when you used to keep things in cigar boxes? And I don't know where they came from because nobody in our house smoked cigars, but we had cigar boxes everywhere. I've never figured that out. But I remember rummaging and foraging as children will do in a closet, and I found a cigar box. There were pictures that I had given Mom. You know, the stuff that made it on the fridge for a while. And pictures of my friends. It was interesting that she saved those things. And as a little one, I remember that. Maybe a glimpse of unconditional love. We had our grandson last week. And for a few hours, Jeannie and I had it to ourselves when his mom and dad went out on a date. And it took both of us to watch him. And he's not really, oh, he can't walk yet. But when, he had, when that happens, we would have had to get another helper or two to come to be with us. Oh, thank God he gives me the young people. Unconditional love is what moms do. This video is so true. All the energy that it takes. My favorite cousin, Mike, and his lovely bride, Wanda, their daughter, Carrie, is raising two children by herself in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, because her husband went to heaven a year and a half ago, very early. Uh, children were two and five when that occurred. Now they're six and three, and they're active, and Carrie's an engineer, and she has a great job, and she's busy, and Mike and Wanda go over there to help, and it's what a family does. And it's unconditional. And it's been a great example for me to watch. Thank God for mothers. Thank God for family that he gave to us. When we put others first, we're doing exactly what Jesus did for us. Go home and read the rest of Philippians chapter 2. But when we start getting selfish or looking out for number one, trouble comes. And you know we live in a selfish world. James chapter 3 verse 16 Wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and evil. <coughs> Today I thank God for, that I have the opposite of that. That I have unconditional love that He placed in my life. If your world is out of kilter, I pray that the love of God will take control of your life and that you'll be in Christ and that you put up first 